From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Here is your host, Mike Dendero. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, episode 309. I'm your host, Mike DeNiro, and today we have a super stacked show for you because we're talking all about this past weekend in wrestling. Not only are we talking about WWE's PLE Payback, but we're talking all about AEW All Out and everything in between. So make sure you hit that download button on this super stacked episode right now. Also, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow on X at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Let's get into it right now. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your Monday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We have a super stacked show for you today. Shout out to everybody who is enjoying their Labor Day Monday by tuning in here to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without my Wrestling DeLorean passengers, I am shit. So thank you so much for everybody who's rocking with us and riding with us right at this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a huge weekend. We had WWE's PLE Payback. And we had AEW All Out. This was a huge weekend, not only for the shows that took place, but for the news that took place. Because like I got talked about on yesterday's news episode, CM Punk is no longer with AEW. We're going to get into all that and much more. But first, I got to give a big shout out to my sponsors at Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com and put in the promo code DeLorean for 20% off site-wide. It doesn't matter what the fuck you get. You can get the, 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 the crop preserver, the, the weed whacker, the lawnmower. It don't matter. Make sure when you check out, you put in the promo code DeLorean. That is capital D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N to get 20% off site-wide. And why let the savings stop at Manscaped.com? Why not? Go to W Energy and put in the promo code DeLorean1 for 10% off on all products by W Energy. W Energy is the best homemade energy drinks on the planet. 
I have never felt more energized than I do now since drinking W Energy. And you can feel just like I feel, like I do feel every week here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast by putting in the promo code D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N-1 to get 10% off on W Energy. Let's get into the shows. WWE Payback, the PLE that a lot of people was excited for. A lot of big matches on this show. We had a cage match between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch. We had a tag team title match between Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day going up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. We had LA Knight versus The Miz. We had Chad Gable versus Gunther. We had Shinsuke Nakamura going one-on-one against Seth freaking Rollins. And this show was a pretty solid show. It wasn't anything to go home about, but definitely a pretty solid show. You know, WWE has been very consistent as of late with their PLEs and with their weekly programming. This show was not only a PLE, but it was hosted by none other than John Cena, which was announced on last Friday's SmackDown that John Cena is not only here for the next couple months, but John Cena was going to host Payback. On this show, we got the return of Jey Uso. And I, I want to talk about this return because it is everything I did not want it to be. I said a couple weeks back here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast when it was announced that Jey Uso quit the WWE, that Jey Uso should take as much time away from the WWE as possible. Jey Uso did not say he's quitting SmackDown and going home. Jey Uso said he's going to quit SmackDown and the WWE. So for him to now be a part of the Raw roster, it's a little asinine. And I'm going to tell you why. I totally felt that they were going in the right direction with Jimmy Uso getting more airtime as a solo competitor. I totally felt with Jimmy Uso being conflicted with why he helped Jay Uso and going into feuds with guys like John Cena, which we saw a showdown between John Cena and Jimmy Uso on this past Friday SmackDown. I thought that this was going to elevate Jimmy Uso, so when Jay Uso eventually does come back, we have two Usos who are on a level playing field going one-on-one against each other. But at this very moment, Jimmy Uso is not at the level of main event Jey Uso. And Jey Uso, who could have made a bigger splash with a return at a later date, came back a little early. It hasn't even been a month. We all saw Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And then when Jey Uso quits the night after SummerSlam, or the Friday after SummerSlam on SmackDown, I came on this podcast and I said that this should ride out for the next eight months. Have him do interviews. Have him do podcasts. Put him on SiriusXM's Busted Open. Have him talk about how he is no longer part of the WWE so people start to forget. Have him go away. And then, when you least expect it, maybe at the Royal Rumble, hell, maybe Jay comes back at WrestleMania. But when you least expect it, you have Jay come back. So it has that much more of a bang. The WWE is very, very impatient. We saw this back in 2011 with CM Punk, who, by the way, we will be talking a lot about. But CM Punk walked out with the WWE Championship. That was the storyline. And then he returned less than three weeks later. 
So the significance of CM Punk walking out with the title meant nothing. If they let it ride out, a couple months at least, people would have forgot. And then when CM Punk eventually comes back, it's going to have that much more of a meaning. Fast forward all the way to 2023, and I am still saying the same thing. WWE rushed this. I definitely think that Jay Uso should have waited at least a couple months before coming back. And now he's back on the Raw roster. So you could still build Jimmy Uso on SmackDown and build Jay Uso on Raw, but nonetheless, Jay Uso being back, regardless of what show he's on, is going to overshadow the singles push of Jimmy Uso. Because eventually we all know we're going to be getting Jimmy versus Jay down the line one-on-one. We have to. Jimmy Uso screwing Jay Uso at SummerSlam and then Jay Uso super kicking Jimmy Uso the Friday after SummerSlam has to lead to a one-on-one matchup between the Usos. And I stand by what I say when I say that that matchup has to take place at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. But Jimmy Uso being back and being pushed on Raw is going to continue to elevate Jimmy Uso, I mean Jay Uso, as a main event player. When I feel like if the people had nothing but Jimmy Uso on SmackDown, then Jimmy Uso would not have to be in the shadow of Jey Uso. That's a lot of Usos. Um, nonetheless, though, I'm going to see how this rides out. I just preferably would have had Jey Uso sit at home for a little longer while Jimmy Uso was building up his name as a solo competitor. Nonetheless, the show is decent. I, I definitely enjoyed the main event. I thought that Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth Rollins was a hell of a matchup. I thought that that women's cage match between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch was a hell of a matchup. Shout out to Trish Stratus, who came back after all these years and is putting on phenomenal performances and showing why she still has what it takes to be at the top of the women's division. Trish Stratus probably is one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time, and she's shown that she could still hang. But nonetheless, the winner of the match was Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, who was getting... Uh, push, I guess, further, and I, I hope that this is it for the Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch storyline. I, I, I don't want to see Trish Stratus go home, but I would like to see Trish Stratus go on to the next competitor, someone that she could elevate. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus was cool as a dream match scenario, but I don't think that Becky Lynch definitely needed the rub of a Trish Stratus. Um, not as much as someone like a Raquel Gonzalez, or Rodriguez, I should say. Not as much as someone like a Rhea Ripley. Not as much as someone like a Liv Morgan. I would like to see Trish Stratus elevate some of the undercard for the women because Becky Lynch is already at that star, you know, mega star level. So definitely a good show, you know, definitely a good show. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought that was a solid outing by the WWE on Peacock. Um, Yeah, I, I was thoroughly enjoying it. There was a lot of news that came out on Saturday before the show. And it led into AEW Collision, which took place during the show. And when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about AEW's decision and Tony Khan's decision to fire CM Punk. So we'll be talking all about that and much more when we come back from this commercial break. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy. As Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday, the wrestling news was eclipsed by one story. And that was AEW making the decision to let go, to fire CM Punk. Arguably their biggest attraction, arguably the biggest star on their roster. This coming after a seven-day investigation of the fight at All In between Jack Perry and CM Punk. Let's talk about it. It was announced by AEW due through a press release that CM Punk was terminated by AEW with cause. Tony Khan made the decision to let go of CM Punk. And not only did he let go of him, not only did he fire him from the AEW roster, but he then made the decision to not only come out live in front of the Chicago crowd in the United Center, on Saturday night, mere hours after it was announced that CM Punk was no longer active with AEW, to a smattering of booze, it took great balls. As Vince McMahon would say, it took testicular fortitude for Tony Khan to go on stage in front of a Chicago crowd and talk about why CM Punk has been fired from AEW. You have two very different opinions from the IWC when it comes to CM Punk and him being fired from AEW. You get the pro-AEW opinion of it's about time. Tony Khan finally stepped up. Tony Khan is looking out for the betterment of his locker room. Tony Khan's looking out for the betterment of his company. 
and he finally grew the balls to fire CM Punk. Then you have the other side of it, where you have the CM Punk fans and the CM Punk stands, I would say, who are saying that Tony Khan is an idiot for firing CM Punk. CM Punk was their biggest cash grab. CM Punk was their biggest star. CM Punk was the golden child of AEW. And for CM Punk to have to deal with the politics and bullshit at AEW, try to do the right thing, and then get fired in the end, shame on AEW. Where do I stand? Where does Mike De Niro from the Wrestling DeLorean podcast stand? I'll tell you where I stand. I stand somewhere in the middle. I don't think that CM Punk was 100% in the wrong this all time. But I'm not saying that AEW is necessarily in the right. And I'm going to say this. A lot led up to this. This was not brewing just because of Brawl Out, which took place a year ago. This was not simply just because the elites and CM Punk could not get their shit together. Even though now reports are being said that... There was a sit-down that was planned for CM Punk and relevant members of the elites and Tony Khan to have a sit-down in Atlanta before, the week before AEW All-In, to basically get everybody on the same page, hash out some differences, and basically move forward in harmony that was canceled on the part of the elites. So a lot of people are now pointing fingers that, hey, CM Punk would have been much happier if... The Elite was able to sit down with CM Punk. But who who knows the real story? I mean, there was reports that CM Punk did not have AEW personnel in uh, England when he touched down. And nobody was there to pick him up. And he had to find his way to the hotel room. That, That was probably what made CM Punk a little bit more bitter and pissed off. And then, of course, we had the incident with Jack Perry where Jack Perry gets on. He's wrestling and then he he gives his, you know, little two cents and says... Cry me a river or whatever he says during the matchup, which led to an altercation, a physical altercation between CM Punk and Jack Perry backstage. The way I see it is CM Punk should not go around fighting people. Come on. For CM Punk to physically want to fight everyone who he has a problem with, we, we heard that he wanted to physically get into a fight with Ryan Nemeth. We all know about the brawl out from last year. Him getting physical with Jack Perry. You know, it's a little too much for a man who's 45 years old and should be looking out for the betterment of not only himself, but looking out for the betterment of the company that he's working for. The betterment of the company that took the chance on bringing back CM Punk after seven years of not being in the ring and making him their top attraction. CM Punk was not looking out for the betterment of AEW. He was looking out for the betterment of himself. And he was acting very fragile. But anyway, AEW is to blame here as well. AEW, you know, for for, for all the people who said that AEW bent over backwards and laid out the red carpet for CM Punk, AEW also is to blame because Tony Khan should have nipped this shit in the bud when it happened. This goes all the way back, and I can't believe we're talking about it a year later. This goes all the way back to All Out 2022 when CM Punk is sitting in that press uh, scrum after All Out. He's eating his Mindy's muffins or whatever, and he's talking shit about Colt Cabana. 
He's talking shit about the Young Bucks. He's talking shit about Kenny Omega. He's talking shit about Hangman Adam Page. All while Tony Khan is sitting there shaking in fear. And I said it a year ago and I say it today. Tony Khan should have shut it down while it was happening. He should have said something along the lines of, we're not talking about this right now. He should have said to CM Punk to not do this here. This is not your platform to air out your dirty laundry. But he didn't. Which led to the brawl between the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and CM Punk. Which led to hurt feelings, which led to suspensions and CM Punk returning and saying who gets to be at collision, who doesn't get to be at collision, and a lot of bullshit. This got way out of hand, and I feel like I talked about CM Punk more on this show than anybody else in the last couple weeks because of the nonstop drama when it comes to CM Punk and the people that he does not get along with. So with that being said... CM Punk in AEW. Was it a fail? In the beginning, AEW's roster, AEW's ratings definitely went up. AEW's ratings and the attention that AEW was getting when CM Punk made his return was very much a positive. But when CM Punk gets bitter... And CM Punk is bringing lots of negative energy to the shows. That's when it becomes a negative. You know, I I don't think that it was 100% CM Punk's fault. And I don't think that his run in AEW was a complete failure. If anything, it showed that CM Punk at this age and after taking seven years to sit down on his couch and do nothing, it shows that CM Punk could still go. CM Punk on the mic is still one of the best on the mic. And every storyline that CM Punk was involved in was ultra-compelling. Whether it was the Eddie Kingston storyline, whether it was the Hangman Page storyline, and in my opinion, still to this day, the greatest storyline in AEW history, the CM Punk-MJF feud. So, I don't think it was necessarily a failure, but I don't think that it was a success. Because there was a lot of money left on the table when it comes to CM Punk and AEW, especially with the real-life heat between CM Punk and the elites. You mean to tell me that they cannot sit it down and talk it out and make money off of this situation? Is it that much of a bad blood situation that CM Punk and the elite cannot be in the same room with each other because they got into a fight? I mean, hell. If Edge and Matt Hardy in 2005 could make money off of their real-life situation, you mean to tell me that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and CM Punk could not do the same? It's sad because that's why I feel like it was a failure because AEW, even when things start to go bad, could turn the ship to the right direction and could have made a lot of money off of the situation between CM Punk and the Elite's and that money is going to be now considered forever left on the table because at this point, I don't foresee CM Punk ever stepping back in the ring again. If it does, it's not in the WWE. It's damn sure not in AEW. I don't know where CM Punk will go if he wants to step in the ring again. Maybe Japan? Probably not for New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
I don't see New Japan bringing on CM Punk and pissing off their biggest partnership in the United States with AEW. So it's going to be very interesting to see what's next for CM Punk. There's so many storylines and stories, not storylines, but stories that are still coming out about CM Punk. CM Punk refusing to shake the hand of William Regal when when Regal... I can't talk. CM Punk refusing to shake the hand of William Regal when William Regal was in AEW. That's what I meant to say. We won't keep that in there. CM Punk supposedly having an explosive response to what happened in All In and being fired. So much more. I'm sure we're going to be talking more about CM Punk on the weeks to come. But this past week should have been known as the best week in AEW history. They had more fans than any other show ever before them at All in Wembley. They had a pay-per-view seven days after. And all people were talking about pre-All Out was CM Punk's fight, CM Punk's suspension, and CM Punk's firing. Which is why it was an amazing, amazing thing that AEW All Out from this past Sunday was a success because out of all of this fire and smoke, I believe rose a phoenix of positivity known as AEW All Out. And we're going to be talking about AEW All Out when we come back from this commercial break. So stay tuned, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We're about to get into AEW All Out, a pay-per-view that did not have much hype, being that it came seven days after one of the biggest shows in AEW history. A pay-per-view that had a lot of last-minute match announcements, but a pay-per-view that definitely delivered. We're going to talk all about it right now, because in my opinion, AEW All Out was a smashing success. Let's talk about why right now. I'm not going to go match by match on this card, but I just want to say that AEW All Out definitely delivered. You know, for a show that took place in Chicago a mere 24 hours after AEW announced the firing of the the, the Saints of Chicago CM Punk, 
AEW need to get back into the good graces of what some consider as their hometown, Chicago. AEW basically put more shows in Chicago than anywhere else. But basically, AEW need to have a home run. Actually, no, they didn't need just a home run. They needed a grand slam. And that's exactly what we got on the show because we had a lot of great matches on the show. One match even could be considered match of the year. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, not going to go match by match, but definitely want to talk about, one, the opening matchup with Adam Cole and MJF retaining their Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions against the Dark Order, but MJF being injured. But not only that, but Samoa Joe coming out and nudging MJF, a, a something that he did when MJF was a extra for the WWE during NXT Brooklyn 2, where Samoa Joe was coming to the ring and nudged a security guard who happened to be MJF. Samoa Joe did that exact same thing to MJF, but MJF is not that little kid from Brooklyn anymore. MJF and Samoa Joe got into a brawl, which got a separation. Now, for everybody who wants to see MJF versus Samoa Joe, I say give us that at Grand Slam. That should be a very good matchup. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was unpredictable. And I think a legend like Samoa Joe should be in the running for the AEW champion. So that would be a good match for MJF to have. I don't see Samoa Joe winning the AEW champion, but I could see a big matchup between Samoa Joe and MJF taking place at Grand Slam. That's taking place this month on September 20th in New York City, my neck of the woods. But anyway, Samoa Joe defended his Ring of Honor television title against Shane Taylor. Really good big man matchup. But let's talk about big men matchups. Let's talk about two meaty men slapping meat. The matchup between Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. This matchup was an absolute banger. I loved this matchup. Two guys who went out there and just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. And then in the end, I feel like the right guy went over when Miro got the victory on Powerhouse Hobbs. Which led to a post-match respect handshake between Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro, just for Powerhouse Hobbs to turn his back on Miro and attack him, which led to the AEW debut of CJ Perry, the former Lana, who comes out and distracts Powerhouse Hobbs as Miro takes out Hobbs with the chair. But Miro's not happy to see Lana. Miro's not happy to see CJ Perry. So it's going to be interesting to see the storyline that plays out with CJ Perry and the Redeemer Miro. But definitely a very good matchup between Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. A matchup that, honestly, could have stole the show if it was not for the matchup that came out after it. The strap matchup between the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, who came out to the final countdown. Amazing. Versus Absolute Ricky Starks. This match was Phenomenal. This matchup is a candidate now for match of the year. These two guys beat the shit out of each other with that strap for about 15 minutes. It was brutal. It was bloody. It was a spectacle. But in the end, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, picks up the victory by choking out absolute Ricky Starks. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson, showing why he is still considered the best in the world. There is going to be a hard, hard, Hard press to find anyone who pound for pound is better than Brian Danielson, whether it was 2000, 2010, 
2020s, Brian Danielson is still competing at such a high level that it is hard to find someone better than the American Dragon. If you didn't see the show, seek out this matchup because it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, another really good matchup on the show was Kanosuke Takeshita versus Kenny Omega. Kanosuke Takeshita picking up the one-on-one victory, a clean victory. Yeah, we had shenanigans by by Don Callis, but it was a clean victory when Kanosuke Takeshita pulled down the knee pad and hit a V trigger onto Kenny Omega to pick up the victory. One, two, three. In my opinion, Kanosuke Takeshita got a bigger push last night than he's ever had. To beat clean Kenny Omega was a phenomenal, phenomenal move and made a star out of Kanosuke Takeshita. I am so excited to see what's next for him. I think that what's next for him is probably an international title shot against the man who won it in the main event in a phenomenal matchup. The main event being John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy showed why he has more heart than anyone else. Showed why that everyone who says that he's nothing but a cosplay wrestler could shove it up their ass because Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley was a phenomenal main event. For anyone who thought that someone like Orange Cassidy could not main events in AEW pay-per-view for a title, he showed why he definitely could. He stood toe-to-toe with John Moxley and showed lots of hearts. It was an epic, epic battle. It was a bloody, bloody battle. But in the end, he just came a tad short. Because the one-year reign of Orange Cassidy's international championship came to an end when he lost it to John Moxley. John Moxley picks up the victory. He's your new international champion, the third international champion in that title's history. Very good matchup, but the story came after the matchup when that crowd gave Orange Cassidy a standing ovation. So a lot of positives comes out of AEW All Out. Positives that AEW needed. Let's cut out the drama. Let's cut out all the bullshit, all the backstage fighting, and let's get back to the wrestling. Hopefully, if CM Punk's firing leads to one thing, it's that AEW is now back to where they need to be, where it is a drama-free zone, and the main focus is on putting on the best professional wrestling shows. Because this show was just that, one of the best professional wrestling shows. And it's coming off of a week of drama, a week of negative press. So this is the positive press that the AEW definitely needed, and some may even say deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I thoroughly enjoy you guys. I thoroughly appreciate you guys for coming and joining us on this Labor Day Monday. Hope everyone enjoyed their long weekend, this long weekend of professional wrestling. I love you all. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. If you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on X at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And make sure you join us tomorrow for the news here on Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And more importantly, join us on Wednesday for episode 310 of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you all. Peace out, y'all. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. 
On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Rexa. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with a Disney bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever.